When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we've got an AMA slash mailbag special edition of Duval Daily. Uh, got plenty of questions here from all the social channels. And of course, if you were unable to submit a question on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, Feel free to drop your question in the chat. I will get to as many of them as I possibly can. Appreciate all y'all being here. Debbie Lynn checks in. Hello. Quick reminder to subscribe on YouTube if you have not yet. Those subscribers uh, really help us out, help us grow the channel, help more Jags fans tune in. Follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. We are in the dead period of the NFL offseason. Uh, June 28th, we've got a little less than a month until training camp gets going, and that's really the official start of the NFL season. Training camp starts, and you got preseason a couple weeks after that. And then, of course, the regular season starts in September. Might feel like it's far away. But once training camp gets here, it really gets rolling, and it's a lot of fun, at least for me, getting to go out there, cover training camp practices, get into preseason, and really dissect what's going on in those preseason games with with the different players and schemes that's going on. Preseason's light scheme-wise, but you will get to see how those players are performing and progressing. A couple quick notes before we jump into the AMA slash mailbag. The Texans, they're now involved in a lawsuit claiming they enabled Deshaun Watson's behavior with all those uh, massage therapists and the situation going on over there. So that could get ugly real quick for the Jaguars division rival. Um, We'll see how that all plays out, but that could have a big impact on their franchise moving forward and on the AFC South. Saw Travis Etienne training out in Dallas. Mia O'Brien shared that video uh, over on Twitter from... From Travis Etienne's trainer out there, he's a running back guru. I've been trying to tell you all, Travis Etienne is back. His running, cutting, lateral quickness, it's incredible how good he looks already. Uh, Right now, after that devastating injury he suffered in August of 2021 during the preseason, the guy looks really good. Uh, And that video kind of just illustrates quickly some of that cutting and lateral quickness, how it's back for Travis Etienne. 
next time we get him uh, some media availability, I'm definitely going to try to figure out like where he feels like he's at right now compared to what he was before the injury because he looks incredible. He might be able to tell a difference. I'm not sure. He did say earlier in the offseason that if he didn't know the screw was there in his foot, he wouldn't know. He doesn't feel it. So that is a good thing. All right, y'all. So let's go ahead and jump in. We've got questions from different social channels. And again, if you're unable to submit a question yet, go ahead and drop yours in the chat. I'll be answering questions for about 30 to 45 minutes here today. John's checking in. He says, good morning, Jordan and Jordan's mom. Good morning, John. We're happy you're here. All right, so our first question is from my good buddy Alex Thorpe over on Twitter. What free agent signing will have the biggest impact on our team? Doesn't necessarily have to be in-game impact either. So he's saying this could be a player that has more of an impact via their leadership, their smarts, etc. So you look at some of these free agents the Jaguars signed this offseason. I think Foya Luokun will play well for the most part. He's going to come up with a lot of big plays, whether it be sacks, tackles at or around the line of scrimmage, interceptions, forced fumbles. He's been kind of a big play machine and a tackling machine over in Atlanta. I think he's going to play well. Um, Foley Fatukasi, he's going to be a great fit in this 3-4 defense, getting back with um, Jaguars defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell who was his coach in New York for a couple seasons, was the uh, linebacker coach in New York when they drafted him. I think he's going to be a good fit as a run stuffer and someone who has a little bit of unlocked potential as a interior penetrator. Darius Williams, signing him as your third cornerback, uh, that is awesome. I know he's going to be playing nickel, which he hasn't done a ton of, but this is a Super Bowl champion, a guy that's played at a high level, and I think getting him him in as your third corner is a big deal. I think you look at Christian Kirk. This is another one. Jaguars paid him a lot of money to come in and be their top receiver. I think he's going to be able to be moved all around Doug Peterson's offense, whether it be outside in the slot, lined up in the backfield, taking passes that way, getting screens, pitches, etc. cetera. Um, and then the wild card, Evan Ingram. I think this is a tight end who has all the talent in the world, didn't really unlock that in New York to its fullest extent, maybe didn't have the best coaching situations, the best scheme, the best quarterback. I think Evan Ingram could be the answer, but I'm going to go with probably the easiest answer here. It's Brandon Scherf. This guy's a Pro Bowl right guard, five out of the last seven years. He's the most talented player the Jaguars have had on their roster. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence has more talent within him. But best combination of talent and professional uh, ability, you know, experience. I think Brandon Scherf is the best player they've had since like Jalen Ramsey, Calais Campbell, uh, those type of guys. And he's going to come in. I think he's going to help the center play better. He's going to help the right tackle play better. And he's going to lock down that right guard spot. It's about his health, really. It's about how long he can stay on the field for you. And if he can do that, it's going to be no problems there uh, at the right guard spot along the right side of that offensive line. I do think Evan Ingram or Christian Kirk could push for it. Um, And 
I think Evan Ingram really could be the wild card. He could be an absolute star in Doug Peterson's offense. Who Doug Peterson is well known for for getting guys like Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Travis Kelsey, even Trey Burton, getting those guys paid, getting them uh, producing at a high level. And just from a pure talent perspective, Evan Ingram is right there with all those guys. Now, he has not developed his his hands and his consistency as well, certainly as Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, but he has a chance to have a really big year for the Jaguars. But I will go with Brandon Scherf. All right. Chris Fasanaro, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, says we should start a GoFundMe to get ETN's number back, free number nine. I like number one. It's a fresh start. Um, I think number one for such a dynamic offensive weapon is exciting. But if he wants number nine back, sure. I'm with it. But I think number one's a good look as well. Waylon asks, how many games before our offense starts clicking? Honestly, I think this offense clicks in week one. They will be up against a tough defensive front with the Washington Commanders. But for me, the question is really going to be more about consistency than than early in the season um, performance. I think they're going to play well in week one. Peterson, Doug Peterson is four and one in season openers. He's had his teams drop 29 or more points in three of those five games. He's gone up against the Washington commanders in those season openers. I think three times Uh, over in Philly, he, he played against the commanders week one often. Obviously this is a little bit of a different look team than what he saw most of his time in Philly. But I think they're going to play well week one offensively. I think they're going to win that game in week one. It's going to be what happens when teams start to get a little bit more of a book on what Doug Peterson is trying to do with Trevor Lawrence in this offense. How do they respond to that? Not only the coaching, but the players. Uh, There's going to be answers that defenses have for what the Jaguars are trying to run. It will be about the Jaguars responding after teams start figuring out what they're doing. So yeah, I think they're going to play well week one offensively. Um, Are there bumps in the road early in games after that? And how can the team respond both players and coaches to that? Robert says, like Doug, Doug said, his system doesn't need a bunch of ones. He won a Super Bowl with a bunch of twos and threes. Yeah, I, I hear you there. The one thing I will say, I do think Alshon Jeffrey probably was a little more talented um, than anybody the Jaguars have as a big outside X receiver. Can Marvin Jones play that role? I think he can. Uh, but I agree with you, Robert, that this is, if you're looking at, systems around the league schemes around the league this is probably one of them that is more friendly for an offense that does not have a true legitimate x alpha outside wide receiver all right kev on ig okay us and them says morning jordan good morning happy to have you here but kev on ig says he wants sack totals And this is a really tough exercise, but I went ahead and did a lot of prep for this one. I basically uh, put everything I've got into really giving some, trying to give some accurate predictions here. I basically looked at the past performance combined with past situation and then tried to uh, 
uh, figure that forward into this situation for these different players. So he asked for Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Arden Key, Roy Robertson, Harris, Dewan Smoot, and Devin Lloyd. So I had my work cut out for me on this one, but I just explained kind of how I got to my answers. And my answers, I've got them right here. Josh Allen, I've got 11 sacks. I think it could easily be a few more, but that's just, again, crunching the numbers from the past, looking at situations, looking at the current situation. I've got him at 11. I've got Trayvon Walker at 7. Um, That's more than he ever got at Georgia, but he's going to be asked to rush the passer off the edge more than he ever was at Georgia. And he's being trained right now to do that more than he ever was at Georgia. He's been working with Bill Shuey every practice, getting individual attention, working on that pass rush plan, those pass rush moves. Roy Robertson Harris, I've got six. Again, that would be a career high for him. But uh, I think... When you look at what he was doing when healthy down the stretch last year over the final eight games or so, he was on pace to do even more than that. I think he's going to be very productive as an interior rusher for the Jaguars in this defense. You look at Arden Key, I think they brought him in to be a pass rush specialist uh, to rotate in there to line up inside sometimes. That's what he did well for San Francisco last year, take advantage of guards who are not as athletic as he is. And so I have Arden Key getting five. Dewan Smoot, I have getting five as well. He's gotten a little more than that over the last couple of years, but I think he's going to have a little bit less uh, playing time, a few less reps per game just because of how many bodies they've got in there. But I think he's still going to be effective. Um, Devin Lloyd, he's been an outstanding pass rush outside linebacker and a really good blitzer as an off-ball linebacker. I've got him racking up five sacks. If you look at what he did in college, you could really make an argument for more than that. But I just don't believe the Jaguars are going to have him lined up as a 3-4 outside linebacker a ton. I do think he will blitz. I do think he will be lined up as a 3-4 outside linebacker some. But I don't think that's going to be his primary role in this defense. So I've got him at five. And when you look at all those numbers, you add in Foya Lewick and he'll get a few sacks. Foley Fatu Kasi will probably get a couple sacks. The rest of the defensive line maybe a couple sacks from the secondary. And you're looking at, you know, around 45 sacks based on what I've got projected here. And that would be good enough to be flirting with top 10 in the NFL. So that would be pretty exciting. All right, we've got a question. Do you play fantasy football? It makes every game worth watching and the season more engaging. Excited for ETN and Ingram. I do play some fantasy football. I've kind of started playing less and, I know for some, like fantasy football, watching their players on on each different team, that's really exciting, and I do get the excitement of that. But I've gotten, over the last couple years, more into, uh, you know, scheme, coaching, uh, players going above the X's and O's. So I've gotten a little bit away from fantasy football, more towards real football, but uh, I, I do appreciate fantasy football for sure. Robert says, Austin Jr., Kevin Austin Jr., and Zay look fast for the outside threat. Winningham looked good, too, for depth. Yeah. Kevin Austin and Zay Jones, for two guys that are, you know, six foot two, above 200 pounds, they do, they are fast. They're good athletes. But um, Winningham, I, I do agree he's looked good. It's going to be an uphill battle for him to make the roster. It's going to be tough for Kevin Austin to make it unless they're keeping seven receivers. If you're talking about Kevin Austin making it on this roster, 
53-man roster and there's only six receivers kept, that means probably that Laquan Treadwell doesn't make it. And, and right now, Kevin Austin is not a better football player than Laquan Treadwell. Critty says, I'm with Josh Allen. I think Walker will break Josh Allen's rookie record just because I see us winning more games this year. It's possible, right? Um, I think that record is what? Is it 10? 10 sacks for a rookie that Josh Allen had? Uh, It's possible. I I will not put that past him, but when I'm projecting, I've got him at a little bit less than that. But I would not be shocked if that ends up playing out that way. Robert says defense is sick right now on paper. I I agree. I think a lot has to come together. You've got Mike Caldwell, who is a first-year defensive coordinator, so that does matter. You've got a lot of new pieces. When you look at uh, just the starting lineup, I think over half the starters on defense and offense, for that matter, but on defense are going to be new, whether they're rookies or free agents that were brought in. So on paper, it looks good. I'm with you. But it's all about it coming together. All right. If you guys have any questions, again, feel free to drop them in the chat. Appreciate y'all being here. Jack on Twitter says, what free agent from last year's signings do you expect to take the biggest leap being in a new offensive slash defensive scheme? Very good question. Because I don't think the Jaguars got the most out of their free agents in 2021. So Shaquille Griffin, I expect to have a solid year. I think he's going to land, you know, two, three interceptions at least. But he was good last year. He just wasn't able to come up with those INTs. So I wouldn't expect him to take the biggest leap forward. I think Jamal Agnew is going to be awesome. But he was really awesome when he was healthy last year, both as a return man and as an offensive weapon. Expect Marvin Jones to play well. He's always played well throughout his career. I mean, he's been a very consistent receiver, possession type of guy who can make big plays on the ball. Um, I like all those guys. But I've got to go with Roy Robertson-Harris, who I talked about earlier, came on strong at the end of the 2021 season over the last half of that season when he was healthy despite the team really struggling. He was able to put up up big pressure numbers, be effective against the run. I think you've probably got to be a pretty pretty diehard NFL fan to really know a lot about Roy Robertson-Harris. But I think after this season, a lot more fans around the league are going to know who that guy is. All right. Us and them says people are sleeping on Treadwell. I think Trevor likes him. He was a first round pick for a reason. Hopefully we can unlock that potential. So, yes, he was a first round pick for a reason. I agree with that. But to look at him as a first rounder at this point in his career, it just, it did not work out as a first round pick. Sure. He does have size. He has ability. Um, It did not work out as a first rounder. He was basically out of the league before the Jaguars brought him in last year. And they only brought him in because of injury situations that were going on with the team. So I'm not sure you can sit here and, and say that Treadwell is, you know, his his first round potential is going to be unlocked at this point in his career. But last year for the Jaguars, he did show the ability to be an effective receiving target. Uh, and I, I don't think he needs to be, you know, a number one, a first round pick. I think he needs to be someone who can be effective in a role. And, and I think he can absolutely do that. And yeah, I think he's going to be tough to, to, 
to jump if you're a Kevin Austin or a Winningham or any other receiver trying to get on this roster. I think Treadwell is a major roadblock for all those guys. Robert says Austin did get a large signing bonus for a wide receiver that won't make the team. Look, those signing bonuses, they do matter. Uh, But if you remember, I mean, the Jaguars brought in Alan Lazard and they guaranteed him he'd be the only wide receiver that they brought in as an undrafted free agent. Guess what? Did not make the team. These undrafted free agents, just because teams want them and want to bring them in, it is still a minuscule amount of money in the grand scheme of things for an NFL franchise to try to secure the rights of an undrafted free agent. So I do think the Jaguars want Kevin Austin to prove that he belongs on the roster, but I still think it's an uphill battle. Ryan says, if Trevor becomes Trevor and we make it to the playoffs with this defense and Doug, you never know. Okay, I agree. I think I think the Jaguars could very easily push for the playoffs this year, if that's the question. I'm not predicting them to make the playoffs, but can they push for the playoffs? Will they push for the playoffs? I believe they will push for it. I just am not projecting them to make it in. Not at this point. All right, Daniel says, how'd you become a writer slash get into following the Jags besides fandom and growing up in Jags? Just a lot of hard work, really. I started writing about the Jaguars in 2015 when I graduated from college. I just started Generation Jaguar as kind of my outlet to to do so, to write about the team. And and as the years have gone by, what it's been like seven years now, I've just, you know, gotten in with the team a little bit, you know, introduced myself to the PR people and and kind of progressed from there. Started covering certain practices and now I'm pretty much able to do all the off-season stuff I'm looking to do. Um and yeah, I think the Jaguars PR staff has been very welcoming and and when you put in their work, I think people can acknowledge that and respect it. Robert says Walker Little has to start at right tackle. Juwan Taylor needs to compete for left guard, even though he said he would only be a tackle. I don't know that Juwan Taylor can play inside. I'm not really buying that. I definitely don't think he's going to be a better guard in 2022 than Ben Barch or or even Luke Fortner, for that matter. So uh, I agree Walker Little has to start at right tackle. I'm with you there, but I'm not sure about Juwan really giving anybody a run for their money inside. Critty says Zay Jones and LaVisca are going to be the guys to shock people this year. Zay Jones has the physical profile. He has decent hands. I mean, he's going to catch the easy ones. He's a good athlete, good size. I just haven't seen anything from him that suggests to me that he's going to be someone to go above and beyond what the X's and O's call for and really become a star. I think he's going to do the little things for you right. LaVisca, I agree he could shock some people this year. I know a lot of people are still high on him. He was somebody that, you know, draft Twitter, people around the NFL draft world were really high on going into the draft a couple years ago, had a really good rookie year, and then just struggled in 2021 like most Jaguars players did. So, yeah, I think LaVisca can really play. I think he's going to show that this year. What's up, Shad says, how many total rushing and receiving yards do you think Travis Etienne will have this year? That's a tough one to answer on the spot. 
Um, I don't know, you know, what's going to be the the rushing share for him, how often he'll be targeted in the passing game, but I think you can expect big numbers from Travis Etienne in 2022. Um, what does that mean? I would guess at least 1,200 all-purpose yards. Um, and probably... Probably you split that up, maybe like 900 rushing yards, 300 receiving yards, something like that. But yeah, I think he's going to be a really effective offensive weapon. I think that's really the core of that question. How effective will Travis Etienne be? I think he will be very effective on offense. He looks, he's going to be one of the more explosive running backs in the NFL. I think he will be. Robert says Trevor became Trevor week 18. Yeah, can't disagree with that. Shout out to the Indianapolis Colts. Robert says you should invite Jags United for a podcast. He's a tape breakdown king. Yes, big fan of Jags United. Uh, Brett James, UCF Jaguar, everybody doing Jaguars content on here. I think everybody's doing a really good job. Us and them says, who do you think, if either, who gets 1,000 yards first, ETN or Kirk? That's tough. Because I don't know about James Robinson's injury. I don't know what the rushing share is going to look like prior to James Robinson coming back. How much play is Snoop Connor going to get if James Robinson isn't ready to start the season? But I also look at the wide receiver group. And while I think Christian Kirk is going to be the primary target, the most heavily targeted receiver in this offense, I do think they're going to spread the ball around a ton between him. Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, LaVisca, Jamal. ETN is going to get uh, receiving yards out of the backfield and in the slot. So I'll say ETN, and that's only including you know total yards, not just rushing yards. I'll say ETN. Pretty says, did you see the Travis workout video? He moving. Yeah, I, I talked about that to start the show here. He looks excellent. Um, looks incredible. I encourage anybody to go check that out. I shared it. I know Mia O'Brien first shared it on her Twitter over from 1010XL. All right. We've got one more question from socials. And then if y'all have any more questions in the chat, just drop them. I'll look through our feed here real quick. Make sure we didn't get anything else. Yeah. Okay. So the last social question we've got here, how much of a step can Tyson Campbell make? For me, Tyson Campbell, it's really, and that was from Evan on IG. It's really about putting it together for a full season. Over his last eight games, he was dynamite. According to PFF, he was the second highest graded corner in the league over the last half of the season. So when you look at that, when you look at his pedigree, being a big-time recruit, a really good athlete, got a lot of length for the cornerback position. He's a smart football player. Uh, You really saw him once the Jaguars allowed him to kind of focus his eyes on the quarterback in the backfield and play the receiver more from feel. Um, He really took off, and I think the Jaguars will continue to employ that. Mike Caldwell has talked about he's going to do what he needs to do for his players to thrive in his system. I think Tyson Campbell 
is going to do that. I think they will run plenty of zone, which is kind of where he excels more than man coverage. Uh, and I think, I think he can take a big step. And I think if he just plays the way he did over the last half of last season, people are going to be talking about him as a potential, maybe pro bowl type of player. Can he sustain that level over the course of a full season when the team will probably be in more competitive games? You'll probably have offenses trying to pass the ball a little bit more. That's going to be the question. Can he remain that level of consistency that he showed over the final half of the season? I think he can. I think he will. So I think he's going to be someone who everyone looks at around the league as certainly a a really good draft pick being the 33rd overall pick in 2021. I don't think he'll quite make the Pro Bowl, but I think he will be a player that is a asset for the Jaguars defense and he makes a lot more positive plays than negative plays. And basically you're entering year three with Tyson Campbell, I think, as someone who is a bona fide number one cornerback in the NFL. All right. What else do we got here? Robert says, Campbell and Cisco going to go off. Absolutely. You know, those were two picks at the time that I was a little critical of. Tyson Campbell really struggled at Georgia to locate the football down the field and make plays on it. He struggled with that early on in Jacksonville too, but he turned it around after he came back from his injury. He gained his confidence um, and he played like, really like a first round corner. And I think he's going to end up proving that he probably should have been a first round corner and that he was certainly deserved to go at the top of the second. And Trent Balky, he was convicted of that. Like you knew that that was happening um, Thursday night, the night before the Jaguars took Tyson Campbell. As soon as the first round ended, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that Tyson Campbell was going to be that pick for the Jaguars at 33. Um, I was a little critical of it because he struggled and he struggled early here in Jacksonville, but he seems to have figured it out. And a big part of that is letting him focus his eyes in the backfield versus just playing straight up man-to-man coverage. And Cisco, the only reason I was really a little suspect of that was because he was coming off the ACL. You've seen Trent Baalke go for these torn ACL guys so often throughout his GM career, and many times it has not worked out. But Cisco came in. He won me over very quickly throughout the practices. He looked like he knew where he was supposed to be. You could see the athleticism and the 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 profile of his size. Uh, it's just he's a rare combination of size, speed, and physicality. I think you'll see that in spades this year. And he's a ball hawk. He's a guy that will force fumbles. He will get his hands on the football in the passing game. And he's going to make it difficult. You have those two guys on the same side of the field. It's going to be really difficult to attack that. Us and them says extend, let go, or trade Marvin Jones. A lot of teams seem to have interest in him or at least their fan bases do. Yeah. I do think some fan bases are interested in him. Again, he's a 32-year-old receiver, last year of his deal. I think if you can get him for really cheap, I would not blame them for bringing him back. But I think at some point you need to get a long-term piece, and that could be LaVisca Chenault. It could be Zay Jones. It could be Jamal Agnew. Are any of those three going to be – it could be Kevin Austin. 
Are any of those guys going to be a legit outside alpha number one receiver? I kind of doubt it. I don't think Marvin Jones is going to be that for too much longer. Like how much more can he have in the tank? He's been playing at such a high level for so long. He is not a guy that relies a ton on speed. It's more about his his quickness, his route running, his physicality, and his ball skills at the catch point. I would not blame them for extending Marvin Jones. Um, and I, I wouldn't trade him at this point. I talked about this on DeLugo on Duval over on the relevant app yesterday. I would not trade Marvin Jones right now unless you just got an offer you couldn't refuse. But I wouldn't trade him for a late round pick because I think his value to the 2022 Jaguars and to Trevor Lawrence in 2022 is greater than a fifth round pick, which is what Bleacher Report suggested the Raiders should offer the Jaguars to acquire Marvin Jones. Uh, Ian Wharton from Bleacher Report. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't extend trade him or let him go i would let him play out the season and look at potentially trying to bring him back if you guys can agree on the right price which a 33 year old receiver he will be next off season i don't think teams are going to be banging down the door if if this season goes well and and he plays well i still don't think teams are going to be banging down the door just because of the age factor I think maybe you could retain him for a really reasonable price at that age. I think that's possible. So we don't have any more questions in the chat. I'll give you guys a few more seconds here if you have anything. And I'm out of the social questions as well. Make sure we don't have anything on Twitter or Instagram. All right. That looks like it's going to do it. I really appreciate everyone for tuning in. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. And follow Generate. Oh, what do we got here? John says next podcast with Jason. I think you mean Jeremy. That's a great question. Jeremy and I are going to get it going a little bit more together once there's actual news probably once we're in, out of the dead period maybe once the preseason starts we'll probably try to get back to our weekly uh, podcast the gin jack podcast that we do together so i appreciate the question i'll make sure that jeremy knows that you're looking out for him and that you want to hear some takes uh, from jeremy there and yeah we'll, we'll definitely be getting back together more once it gets going hot and heavy in the 2022 Jaguar season. But yeah, again, hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, follow Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube and check ginjag.com for all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, and Duval gear. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.